Hello and welcome to the Gig Impress, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. My name is Andrew Headspeef and over the next 20 minutes or so we're talking all things Liverpool. With me as always is my toppest of top reds, it's Mr Alex Purdy of course, how are you sir? Very good mate, we breezed through that Champions League group didn't we? Oh easy, easy, lovely stuff. Um, and no Emma this week, sadly, but we do have an incredible uh, substitute appearance for you, making his first cap on the Gagan Press. You know him from the LFC Day Trappers, from the 90 Min channel, of course. It is Mr. Grizz Khan. How are you, sir? I'm very, very well. Thank you very much for having me on. I'm the money. You know, when you uh, <laughs> substitute money in a, in, a, in a meaningless. Champions League <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's you know range. what? I was I was gonna say I was gonna introduce you by saying like the Divock Origi off the bench, but then that almost sounded like an insult these days. I think oh, I'm a bit like it, it one year out days, with that. It? Unfortunately, yeah. it is these days the icon has become um, laughing stock, a laughing figure. Yeah, laughing figure at the moment. But we see how he goes. I'm happy just to have him there as forever now. Really, he's earned his place. I don't care if he plays, scores again. Just he's... well, I, well, I do care if he plays. <laughs> <I'm running laughs> I don't mind him being there forever, but I'd rather we didn't need him to play. <laughs> All right, well, great to have you on, Grizz. I mean, let's get straight into it then. Uh, Liverpool won Mithilan. I think that's probably the incorrect pronunciation, but them won as well. Uh, job done, an absolute dictionary definition of a dead rubber game. Uh, but the interesting thing was to see the, the team that Liverpool put out. A uh, few fringe players getting their, uh, getting their debuts and a few others getting a chance. The aforementioned Origi, of course. Uh, Grizz, I'll go straight to you on this one. How how shocked were you with that lineup? I mean, there were people chatting about this on social media before, saying they were kind of expecting like a Aston Villa League Cup style lineup for this one. Were you a bit surprised at how experienced the team was in the end? You know what? I I have to admit I was. Um, you yeah, look, I'm no medical expert or sports science, you know, expert. And you have to trust sort of the process that the Liverpool team go through, right? And I get all that aspect. Um, and we've done amazingly so far by trusting their process. But I just couldn't, for the life of me, understand why uh, certain players were playing. And because it, it was the ultimate, as you said, the ultimate dead rubber. It didn't matter even if we lost, you know, 2-3-0, uh, you know, in the worst case scenario. It wouldn't have affected our morale. It wouldn't have affected our confidence. It wouldn't have affected our plans going forward. We 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 are a very focused team under Jurgen Klopp. We know our targets. We know what we're doing. You know this was, you know the whole purpose of this game was, sort of the whole the whole reason we we were we were emphasising on winning it last week was to make sure this is a dead rubber so we can rest all our major players and then. There's Mo Salah playing 98 minutes, <laughs> you know, I, for the yeah, life of me. not even 90. No, not even 90. I couldn't work it out. But listen, at the end of the day, all's well that ends well. And, you know, we, we came through unscathed, although I think Simic has picked up a slight knock, uh, which is frustrating. We seem to pick up one injury every game. But you know, the major, now. absolutely. But the major players, a la your Trent, your Fabinho's, um, just that, that was the one through. for me. Fabinho playing was just incredible. You, yep. you just have to put him in bubble wrap every chance you get because he's like the only fit centre-back we have for a prolonged period of time because Matip's just going to get injured again, isn't he? So just protect him at all costs. 
<laughs> uh, who stood out for you then in that team? Kelleher again had a good game. Reese Williams, I think, was was he man of the match, or at least I've seen him given that in some publications. Uh, Leighton Clarkson had a pretty good first half as well. Billy Cometio getting his his first uh, senior run out for Liverpool. Was there anyone who who caught your eye? Um, yeah, I thought all, all the youngsters did well, but um, it's actually Trent because we haven't seen him for a month, and he came on against Wolves and obviously puts in that ball, and it's like. Jesus, that's what we'd be missing, is it? And he was he was just good last night. Again, um, he's just head and shoulders above everyone else in the world at that position. You can tell it straight away. And it was great to see him captain the side as well. Oh, yeah, that's another thing as well. Uh, I loved all the, the posts about him, you know, 10 years apart. Like, yeah, that, yeah. him that sort of, like, I think it was 2009 kit as a 10-year-old to, to captaining Liverpool now, which is really great to see. I thought on the other side as well, uh, Simicast was... was Doing quite well, he had a lot of energy. Um, some of his crossing was decent, but you could just see the difference in quality between him and and Robertson mm. with the with the balls from out wide. Yeah, I mean, I I thought I thought you know, I I like Simicast, and one of the things I like him. It, look, it's difficult to gauge um, or judge someone on the basis of them popping into the team now and again, especially yeah. in a makeshift back four, especially in a makeshift midfield. Um, but I thought what I like about Simicas is his confidence. He's got the confidence and determination, it seems, to be a Liverpool player. And, and that's what I like a lot. Even though some of his um, moves, so to say, sometimes don't come off or whatever, and it seems high risk, he's, he, he never shies away from trying it again and again and again. And I think that's the clock factor in terms of encouraging him to play his natural game because we yeah. bought him for his natural game. And his natural game is progressive passing, energy runs up, up and down the pitch, you know. And and I like the kid when he when he sort of shows that attitude. I, you know, I think, you know, the fact that he's a little bit rusty is obviously, you know, um, it's inevitable, it's, really. It's, it's it's expected, you know. Uh, playing along, uh, playing behind a, a newish keeper, young keeper, um, makeshift back four, as you say, with with Reece Williams in there again, chopping and changing. So, but overall, and another crucial factor, he was playing with Naby Keita on his side. Um, and Naby himself was coming back from injury. So he was a bit not himself, so to speak, in terms of energy and pressing. So all in all, I think he'd done okay. You know, it was unfortunate at the end with the injury as well, though. Yeah, it could have been, could have been a lot worse. Uh, Quivine Kelleher, again, now probably established himself as, as Liverpool's number two. He made a good save, particularly uh, one of the had good reflex save at the end. Are we saying he's he is the long-term Liverpool number two now? Grease, you're a bit of a, a transfer guru. Are you expecting Liverpool to go into the market here for a, for another goalkeeper? Probably not in January, but next summer. Uh, you know what? This kid. I mean, I know um, Alex called Trent his man of the match. Did you just say Trent's your manager? Right? I just yeah. like seeing him back, to be honest. Oh but no, that's yeah, yeah, <laughs> go for it. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought this guy was again absolutely outstanding. Honestly, guys, he, he just was, oozes yeah. calmness, assurity, confidence. Some of his, uh, some of his passing, uh, uh, when the ball was passed back to him, he was pinging it to Trent, and it was beautiful to see. You know, um, he made a couple of crucial saves. I mean, I personally, I personally don't think it was a clear-cut penalty. You know, how that was given, I don't know as well. But in everything else, he was near perfection, and that's all you can ask. No, sorry, that's more than you can ask for <laughs> a young keeper yeah, yeah. to be perfect. And, you know, he seems to be coming on leaps and bounds. Um, you know, 
with the emergence apparently of the of the young uh, Pataluga, I think you pronounce his name, the young yeah, Brazilian, the young Brazilian guy. yeah, um, alongside Quiven, you know, this could save us four or five million pound in the transfer market to go for a backup number keeper. If he if he continues to progress at the rate he's progressing, he most certainly will be given the cup games, the, the FA Cup games. Um, and if he does well, and he he will be absolutely worthy of his place. I personally think he's worthy of his place as number two already. Um, you know, poor Adrian. I, I don't even know if we should don't call give him, him poor. Sympathy. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was right. going to say, I know. But, you know, I think he, what he's done for us, very similar to sort of Divock in terms of, you know, he had his iconic moments, um, you know, the Super Cup, the first 10 games of the league, etc., etc. His tour, stadium tour with the medals around his um, <laughs> neck. Um, so, you know, we'll remember. <laughs> I, I guess we should we'll remember, remember the good times. Moments. We'll remember the good times, exactly. Absolutely. I think for me, uh, the best thing you can say about Quivine Kelleher is that you forget that he's a 22 year old with only mm. whatever it is, three or four first team games under his belt so far. And I don't think there's a higher compliment you can pay him than that at no, the, the moment. The thing for me is he never looks like he's going to make a mistake and he hasn't yet. Whereas you put Adrian in and he might have a good game, but every time you, he gets the ball it's like everyone in the team is shitting themselves. He's going to turn around and boot it in his own net. That's the thing with keepers though and you see it with, with uh, I think well, Carrius obviously had this as well and Kepa you've seen other keepers around the place. As soon as they make one of those big errors, then everyone just starts to get jittery around them and it affects the confidence of the team. Oh, yeah, I just don't psychologically, think... there's a big change. Even if Kelleher makes a mistake, which he's bound to because every goalkeeper does, even Alisson at the start of his Liverpool career did. But I think mm. Kelleher has, has already shown that calmness and maturity that he'll bounce back from something like that. Whereas Adrian just, just went through the floor. Just need to get his name spelt right on the back of his shirt. Did you see last weekend? <laughs> yeah. They missed out, uh, missed out an E, I think. So. That's the next uh, next thing to get right. Uh, Leighton Clarkson, we'll just talk about him very briefly. Another one who was making his, his uh, first team debut, uh, or at least European debut. Uh, he looks like he's about five foot flat and weighs about, you know, 20 kilos soaking wet. But he was spraying the ball around nicely in the first half, looked a little bit more out of sorts in the second half. Um, Grizz, I'll go to you for your, for your take on, on him. Um, that first 20-30 minutes um, forced me to tweet, come out, Verratti. You know, for that first 20-30 minutes, I thought he was absolutely sublime. And I thought, this is, you know, um, this is a kid that can play. I haven't seen much of him. I've seen highlights of him, clips of him. Um, yeah. But again, very much considering um, sort of he was playing in a makeshift midfield, a makeshift team. Um, away to a very physical Michelin team, they were. You could see from their halftime huddle where they were sort of um, encouraging each other on. I thought it meant a lot to them, despite um, it not meaning any to us or being a dead rubber. And also, they didn't consider our lineup weak or anything. They didn't give a damn. You know, you could say you could see the challenges they were going into. They were very physical. I thought mm. he tired which is absolutely natural for a kid. Um, you know, he tied in the second half or even in the second half of the first half, but very encouraging signs. Um, you know, I loved his one-touch passing, his one-touch uh, laying off of balls. Um, a little gem. Uh, I thought, I, thought I, I had read that he can also play as an eight. I was surprised that Naby didn't sort of play as the number six as he was tiring and then just let him yeah, sort of have a free roll. So, but overall, 
very encouraging. I thought he looked very neat and tidy and showed uh, quite a bit of vision for a kid as well. Yeah, and I'm going to steal this joke that I saw on Twitter last night, but he's the first Leighton to play for a Merseyside club oh, in the I Champions League, which, is, <laughs> which is nice as well. <laughs> um, okay, and just before we move on, then the other the other debutante there was Billy Cometio. We've heard a lot about him. Klopp been talking about Billy the Kid for a few months now. Maybe we expected to see him a little bit earlier in the season with all the injury crisis, but he finally got his, his debut last night. I mean, it probably wasn't... Uh, the dream, 45 minutes for him. I think Liverpool looked a lot less assured without Fabinho on the pitch. But uh, Perd's definitely good to see him starting to get some some minutes under his belt. Yeah, of course. And he looks like a monster. So that's going to stand him in good stead. But I guess if he was playing alongside Fabinho, we'd mm. see a lot more from him. But, you know, you're playing him in an even more makeshift back four. And that's just a basically a recipe for disaster. So... I'm not going to critique him too much on that game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Grizz, what do you know about what did you know about him, and are you expecting big things from him? Like of all the centre backs, I mean, we we talked endlessly about the injury crisis now. Mm-hmm. But it seems like we suddenly have about ten different centre back options. I mean, they're all about twelve years old, but there's a lot yeah, of them. Age, yeah, yeah. Well, look, Billy, Billy, again, very much like Purdy. I could, I could be overcritical. But then you assess his age, you assess the injuries he's come from, uh, come back from. Then you also assess the, the nature of the game and the and the back four. Um, but what I will say is he, you can tell he looks like, and he was a midfielder that's converted into a mm. centre back. I thought um, he's very comfortable with the ball at his feet, but he's got a lot to learn in terms of positionally and just a, a natural desire hunger to defend if you know what i mean um you know you can see how reese williams has had a season or two in playing in a league a full league a full a full season in a, in a lower league uh reese williams sort of his tenacity throwing himself at the ball knowing where the danger is trying to sniff out danger these are things that will come naturally to billy hopefully sorry these are the things that don't come naturally to billy at the moment it seems but hopefully under the guidance of the best coaches experience in the world. isn't it exactly the more he plays there um the better he'll get hopefully he's got the physical attributes and he's very comfortable with the ball which are two things that Klopp does look for yeah he's also going to be he's going to be in the same squad as the best defender in the world Virgil van Dijk yeah which is, what more could you ask for I was going to say the same for Clarkson we've got the best number six in the world in Thiago so yeah. when he's back when they're both back from injury and they get to learn off the best in their position it's just perfect Huge. for them yeah 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 and it's a bit different at centre-back obviously because of the injury crisis but really there's not really a lot of pressure on these kids at the moment because there are there are such good squad options that we have that there's not this expectation that they have to come in and perform immediately they can be blooded in slowly and i think that's always the best way i think uh the best out of the night that i saw was that billy cometio was a ball boy the night that liverpool beat barcelona 4-0 did you know that really <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah 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 oh real football men know this alex do they Come on. yeah when was yeah. that when was that <laughs> what year was that well it was, I th- it was two years know, ago wasn't it? it was it was years ago so i can't remember that far back but it was last year uh, <laughs> but, may but, uh, last year no um, april last year amazing that is that's is an amazing story isn't it really if you think about it that's absolutely beautiful <laughs> All right, we'll take a quick break there, and when we come back, we'll preview the upcoming game against Fulham this weekend.
Okay, Fulham away this weekend. I mean, on paper, that's an easy win, isn't it? But this is exactly the sort of game that whenever you start to get overconfident, something goes wrong. It has a real has a real Watford vibe about it for me. I mean, I don't know what you think about that, Perds. Um, oh God, don't say that. Um, yeah, <laughs> if they because they beat Leicester a couple of weeks ago. I, if they hadn't have done that, I'd be going into this a lot more calm. Um, but they did. So Scott Parker seems to have boosted them up a bit. And we have struggled there in the past. So, yeah, not not as easy as it might seem on paper, which is worrying. Mm. Uh, who are you expecting to, to come back in for this one, Grizz? I think Alisson should be available. I mean, we're still uh, waiting on that. It's encouraging uh, that Kelleher was playing this game rather than Adrian because it, it might indicate that Alisson is closer. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so it wasn't sort of... Kelleher didn't need protecting, so to speak. Not that he needs much protecting, I guess. Um, from what I understand, Alisson uh, is, will be um, in the mix for Fulham. Um, he's a very quick healer, as we know. Um, and hopefully that will have... have a, uh, even more calming influence on this team um even though Kelleher we spoke very highly of i think fulham i think the rest of the team will sort of be very strong you'd expect the big guns in terms of um our bionic man uh genio Wijnaldum to come straight back here uh, thank Trent... god he didn't leave by the way i mean he's played it for almost every minute so far this season yeah. It's unreal. I mean, it's unreal. And, and there were some sections of the fan base that actually wanted him to leave so we could bring in Thiago. It's quite embarrassing sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it is. Uh, but Trent looked good. Um, that 90 minutes would have done him very, very good. Robertson was fine. So you'd expect the big guns to, to come back. The only dilemma or decision will be sort of who he leaves out the front four. Um, that's mm. if he doesn't play them all. Um I've got a funny feeling or sneaky feeling he may look to rest Bobby uh, Mahosala this this weekend. The fact that he's played 98 mm. minutes and keep him fresh for Spurs. Because let's not forget, we've got Spurs three days later. Um, and if Bobby's fine and Mane and Jota, you know, he may look to rotate there a bit. When I say drop, you know, you know what I mean? Like in terms of rotate the, the strike yeah, force, because absolutely. it's the one area we, we actually can rotate. You know what I mean? With confidence. Yeah, I'd probably I'd probably rest Fabinho actually, just because we absolutely need him for that Spurs game. We cannot so risk you, it. Who would you play centre back then? Nat Phillips, probably. Nat Phillips and Matip, which with our full backs back and Allison back, I think that's more than enough for Fulham. <clears throat> Touch wood. I I I I would so um, not like to just leave Fabinho and Matip out of any team at the moment. I agree. I get the fact that, you know such a quick turnover in, in sort of days in terms of we play Fulham. And I also agree Nat Phillips could sort of uh, handle Mitrovic because Mitrovic is not your quick, you know, skillful striker. He's an absolute beast in terms of holding the ball up. And Nat Phillips has done amazing so far in that in, in that kind of role. So I get that aspect, but I, I would be slightly surprised if Fabinho was left out. Yeah, I mean, for me, Matip and Fabinho... I'm serious, they're probably the best centre-back partnership in the league at the moment. They're playing so well together and they've got this incredible reading of the game for anything that's lacking in pace, they just sort of, they make up for. And it's it's amazing to say that we haven't really, well, we obviously have missed Van Dijk, but haven't missed him nearly as much as I thought we would. 
is there anything about Fulham that is that is worrying you? I mean, they've they've only won one of the last four, but they've only lost one as well. And they are a team that's starting, it looks like, to get a little bit more acclimatised to the Premier League. Um, and in Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Adam Ola-Lookman, they do have a couple of quality players there. Is there anything about this fixture that, that gives you pause for thought? And um, Grizz, I'll go back to you. Um, you mentioned... I'm a, uh, you mentioned one player, Lookman. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a mm. quite a fan of him. I think he's, I think he's a very good player. I think he's a very shrewd, clever boy from Fulham, Scott Parker. Um, uh, this kid is, this kid can play at a higher level. Mitrovic, we know, can score goals. Um, you know, he's he scored goals for his, his national countries, but he's he's, he's 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 scored for goals for other clubs as well in the Premier League. <clears throat> um, the fact that they the fact that they seem to have found a bit of form um, is slightly concerning. Look, don't get me wrong. Uh, we should be going there and winning. But, um, you know, if we remember our last visit there, we needed a last-minute goal, I think. Or, or I was something there. Like that. that was the last game I went to. Oh, mm. well, Mane, Mane penalty. Barbell scored for them, ex-Liverpool. Absolutely. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, these games can be tricky. Um, and in a mad season... You know, nothing should surprise or shock us. Always expect the unexpected this season. That's all I will say. Um, but yeah, Lookman, for me, is their danger, man. I really rate the kid. Um, very quick, very skillful. Um, can play on either flank and through the middle. Um, so yeah, it'll be he'll be very much one to keep an eye on. Heard anything to add about the, the threat of Fulham? I mean, look, on paper it's tough because... They are way down at the bottom of the league and you can't really pick out too many standout players that could beat this Liverpool side. But they did beat Leicester and they're a very, very good side. They obviously smashed Man City 5-2, um, but mm. we beat them 3-0. Obviously, this is not how football works, but you know if they're beating top sides like that, they, they could easily get something from this game. Are you a little bit worried about our away form at the moment? Because it is at the moment it stands as played five, only won one, drawn three, lost one. And if you look back in consecutive order, it's three draws and a defeat. That defeat, of course, to Aston Villa before we won a game away against uh, well, away against Chelsea right back at the start of the season. I wasn't. Is it just the way I, the games... I, I didn't know that. So now I am, yeah. Is it um, just the way the, sort of the games have fallen? I mean, Brighton, obviously, that had its own... I mean, we could talk about VAR and all the other things all day. Uh, Man City's obviously a tough game. Everton, again, uh, is the way that. it was. Yeah, I mean, there are circumstances around these games that you can go into more details, but the way it looks on paper, it looks <clears> like Liverpool's starting to develop a little bit of uh, road sickness. I know, because we've just gone through those those circumstances and I think we should have won two, two of those. Um but let's not forget we beat Atalanta away 5-0. So it's not it's like true. we get cold feet when we go away from home. I think it's just unlucky run, to be fair. Well, yeah, exactly. The way we look at the Everton-Brighton games, if you look in, if you sort of analyse or not even analyse, you just you just look at the end of the two games. <laughs> you yeah. don't need to watch the rest of the game. You just, you, you just watch the last minute of each game and you think, wow, how did we not get those decisions or how were they gone, have they gone against us? So, um, yeah, that those... Um, those stats and figures um, are always screwed, aren't they, if you don't give it much context. So um, I wouldn't worry too much about our form away from home, um, <clears throat> considering everything in terms of COVID, injuries, players, you know, et cetera, et cetera. 
and we've mm. and let's not forget we've had a very very opening um very hard opening 10 fixtures you know compared Definitely. to a lot of teams you know that we've got a lot of the tough away games um or out of the way so uh, it can only go bold well for the future hopefully so is this game all about just getting the three points and getting ready for that game against Tottenham then? Is that what we're expecting? Just win at all costs and prepare for the... Prepare well, this is it. This is where we need to sort of, you know, not take our eye off the ball as well and just sort of majorly look for the Spurs game as being mm -hmm. the main game of the weekend because, you know, they're both worth three points in effect. Uh, you know, that's what it is. You know, you, you, you only can only get three points for, for each game. So... To take the eye off the ball for Fulham would be mad from our point of view. Luckily, we've got the manager that wouldn't ever allow that. Um, and, you know, with Hendo as his skipper, hopefully we'll be very focused. And, and as you say, get the job done against Fulham. Um, and then we've got a massive, massive game against Spurs. I mean, even though it's what it would be game week 12, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, it'll still be, you know, probably one of the most pivotal games of the season. Mm. Perth, let's go for a score prediction then before we finish. Uh, uh, Fulham, Liverpool, what are you saying? Come on, give us some optimism here. 1 0. But don't jinx it. <laughs> 1 0, Liverpool. <laughs> 1 0? Yeah, it's going to be tight. Because uh, yeah, I think, like, subconsciously, we will take our eye off the ball. Because, mm. oh, Fulham. I think we did that against Brighton as well, to be honest. And, and look what happened there. Even though we should have won, you know, we've come away with a draw and we looked a bit slow. I think this might happen here, but we'll have too much from 1 0. Give us a scorer as well. Oh. Uh, let's go Nat Phillips. <laughs> Lovely. What odds you can get on that? Uh, Grizz, what are you saying? Uh, I'm going to go for 3-1 win. I can definitely see them scoring, um, you know, and that may come to, as a shock to, to many, but, you know, I think at home, um, you know, a set piece or something, they've got massive, they've got a huge team. Um, so I'll, I'll go 3-1. I'll say Mitrovic for them. I bet you don't start now, but um, I've got Mitrovic <laughs> for them, and I'll say, I, th I, I think this is the weekend we see a, a return to goal-scoring form for Sadio Mane. I'll go two for Mane and one for Bobby Firmino to continue the good form he's shown in the last few games as well. Love that, love that. Okay, I will be equally optimistic and say 2-0. Um, Salah both, let's say. I think that's probably the... Do you think he'll play? Do you think he'll start? Uh, he might not play. He might, he might not start, but I think he will get minutes, especially if Liverpool are going in sort of half-time, nil-nil, and that's kind of oh, what I'm yeah, expecting. Definitely. And then the second half, he'll come on and, and save the day. All right, well, we'll see how that plays out. I think that's all we've got time for this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you can, drop us a review uh, wherever you get your podcast. It'd be very much appreciated. Subscribe if you haven't already and you've enjoyed what you heard. Uh, you can find me, Andrew Headspeed, and Alex Purdy on, on Twitter. And, of course, uh, Mr. Grizz Khan. We'll be back again next week to see how our predictions panned out and talk through that top-of-the-table clash against Tottenham. Uh, it's goodbye from me, Perds. Say goodbye. Goodbye. And a special goodbye from Grizz as well. Yep, thank you very much for having me on. Enjoyed that. You're welcome. See you next week. <laughs>